The service of prayer and preaching for Sexagesima, February 20th, 2022. The opening hymn is LSB 577, Almighty God, Your Word is Cast. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. 
this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. A reading from Isaiah, the 55th chapter. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The intro is verses from Psalm 44. Awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Rise up, come to our help. O God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. But you have saved us from our foes, and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Rise up, 
come to our help. A reading from 2 Corinthians, the 11th and 12th chapters. For you gladly bear with fools being wise yourselves. For you bear it if someone makes slaves of you, or devours you, or takes advantage of you, or puts on airs, or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I'm talking like a madman, with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold, and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor under King Aretas was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who fourteen years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from being too elated by the the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And a reading from Luke, the eighth chapter. When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to Jesus, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock, And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear.
And when the disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit, with patience. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continue with the common responsory on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house, and the place where your glory dwells. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God reminds us through the prophet Isaiah, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, <clears throat> but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. 
One of the most frustrating things about life has got to be that some things work and some things don't. When things work, it's great. Then just the moment you rely on something really needing it to work, it fails, and then you're left scrounging and searching again for something else that works. In the constant working, the not working, unreliableness of the sinful world, we can thank God for things that never change. I've heard it said that the only reliable things are death and taxes, but death isn't a guarantee if Christ comes back first. And taxes, well, <laughs> they change every year. As sons and daughters of the true one and only God, we have much for which to give thanks, even in this ever-changing and unworking world. How great a gift and overwhelming comfort that our salvation and our work as his people does not depend on us. It is not dependent on our intelligence, our wit, our craftiness, our talent, our feelings, or anything else we can dream up for ourselves. God takes all chance or luck or accident out of it. There is no chance of failure because his word shall accomplish what he purposes. Thus we pray in confidence with the psalmist, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. This is God's guarantee. The church belongs to him. It is his creation. It is his work. This is all done by the power of his word. When we want to see the church living and active, his word is the foundation and the benchmark. When the church faithfully hears his word, doesn't despise preaching and gladly hears and learns it, this is precisely what God wants the church to be. When his word is sent forth, it never returns empty. Whether it gives life or exposes sin and death, his work is done. Our text contains several promises, all stemming from the eternal promise of his word. With eager anticipation, we're promised rejoicing in all circumstances, that's everlasting joy and peace. Doesn't this sound great? So, what's the problem with God's word never failing. The problem isn't with God, it's with us. This, prom this pro promise offers a serious challenge. Now on the one hand, this promise is no different than any other promise from God. It must be believed and that's the challenge. Can you receive any good thing from God without believing? Of course you can. He makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Many enjoy food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, devout husbands and wives, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like, without any thought of thankfulness towards the gracious giver of all. Without faith, these great gifts are received as just something that happens. On the other hand, the promise of God's word is completely different. It is a promise that is actually a guarantee. God's word accomplishes exactly what he speaks it to accomplish. There is no chance of failure. 
What matters to the guarantee is God is behind it. The guarantee of God is life-changing, significantly life-changing, and that's the problem. It's so hard to believe. Many in the visible church stumble over it. Many will stagger around like a cartoon drunk, fumbling and searching for something that will actually work, because it certainly cannot be as easy as words. Can it? People often imagine that they need to use clever programs and nifty gimmicks to make things, the right sort of things, according to their own definition and design, happen in the church. They hunt to devise ways to be more effective, to dress up the seemingly boring and lackluster proclamation of God's word, because it needs to somehow feel more powerful or appear more substantial or provide us with goals that we can accomplish clearly and demonstrably. So then we can convince ourselves and maybe others that these things are actually relevant. If you ask any Christian, you will no doubt hear them say that they believe the word of God. Lutherans will declare from Hebrews, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and no creature is hidden from his sight. But all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. But then what happens? We go on behaving as though everything depended on us. We often act as though holiness were our project. We talk as though the survival and growth of the church depended completely on us doing the right sort of things. Some leave the church because they doubt the promise and power of God's word. It's that simple. They believe that being faithful to God's word is not all that is needed to build a church. The great promise from God is that his word doesn't fail. It cannot fail. Our lives individually and corporately are in the hands of God. He has the power and the tools and the seed and the means by which he makes it all happen. His word. This is why we are directed in the first commandment to have no other gods. There is no other God. And as children, we need not worry. But simply fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord. <clears throat> the promises in our text this morning are of great comfort. The promise of God is that he will do it. He will accomplish what he desires to do. Build his church. Cause us to believe. Cleanse us and make us holy all by his word. He prepares us and prepares the works for us to walk in daily through our vocations and stations in life with the people he has designed to be in that path. Of course, another problem we often experience is God's word doesn't necessarily accomplish our goals. It was never intended to. Our flesh often wants to see something other than what God intends to accomplish, like our own glory. We want numbers. We want the admiration and the approval of the community. We want certain feels or financial security. Don't misunderstand me. These are certainly great gifts of God, but that is not what the Word of God is about. It is more about sinners receiving forgiveness, the poor in spirit receiving renewed life, and the dead receiving life eternal. One might want to ask, but how does it help build the church? How does that make our congregation larger? How does that improve the congregation's bottom line? I would answer that those things don't matter nearly as much as we imagine that they do. The word of God was not spoken by God to enhance the bottom line of the congregation. It was spoken to comfort, to heal, to forgive, and to save. 
The word of God accomplishes what it is spoken. Life in the face of death. Forgiveness to poor, miserable sinners. Regenerated new life for dead sinners. And hope for the downtrodden. Peace that passes all understanding. The hard part about this is that it takes us and our ambitions out of the question. God says, my word will not return to me void, empty, without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So what if the word doesn't accomplish what you desire? Well, it isn't your word. It isn't my word. What it accomplishes is what God intends it to accomplish because it is his word. And it accomplishes it every time with no chance of failure. Of course, our modern and a very empirical sense tells us that it cannot be 100% effective. We look around us and we see how the church is faring in this world and we say it must not be working. But what isn't happening? What God says or what we think we want it to say? Is it his word that fails or our faithfulness that does? All that's required of us is faith, which again is his own work. When we trust God's promise, we only need and only want to use the word. We need to learn the word. We need to live the word. We need to study the word. We need to speak the word. We don't need to dress it up so it can be more acceptable. This is the promise that's hard this morning, but so important. It ignores our egos. It says something that strains against our human nature. Just listen and speak the word of God. Be faithful and trust God and everything will work out right. It doesn't say pleasantly or every moment will be happy, but it will work. It does work. God works all for good according to those who love him and keep his commandments. Here's the rub. We don't do it perfectly, but Christ has for us. We are sinners. He is our Savior who has purchased us from our own guilt and sin and shame by the brutality of the cross. Our flesh wants to see things, to be able to measure and appreciate what's happening. And here, as we look upon the crucifix, we see the payment for sin on full display. His word was sent and declared it to be finished, completed, done. His word succeeded in the very thing for which it was sent. The head of Satan crushed, water poured out, giving new life to God's people, and the bread of life himself on the altar for his people to eat. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 823. May God bestow on us his grace. bestow on us his grace 
with blessings rich provide us. And may the brightness of his face to life eternal guide us, that we his saving health may know, his gracious will and pleasure, and also to the nation show Christ's riches without measure, and unto God convert them. Thine over all shall be the praise and thanks of every nation. And all the world with joy shall raise the voice of exultation. For thou shalt judge the earth, O Lord, nor suffer sin to flourish. Thy people's pasture is thy word, their souls to feed and nourish, in righteous paths to keep them. Oh, let the people praise thy worth in all good works increasing. The land shall plenteous fruit bring forth. Thy word is rich in blessing. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit bless us. Let all the world praise Him alone. Let Solomon possess us. Now let our hearts say Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 827, Hark, the Voice of Jesus Calling. calling who will go and work today fields are white and harvest waiting who will 
sheaves away. Loud and long the master calleth rich reward. He offers thee, who will answer gladly, saying, Here am I, send me, send me. Some take up his task in mourning to their Lord, responding soon. Some are called in heat of midday, others late in afternoon. Even as the sun is setting, some are sent into the fields, there to gather in the bounty that God's word so richly yields. For as rain and snow from heaven water seeds in dusty soil, causing them to bud and flower, giving bread to those who toil, so the Lord sends forth his promise, words of life and joy and peace, never void to him returning, bearing fruit with great increase. Hearken to the Lord whose coming marks the time when grace shall end, when with his angelic reapers he in glory shall descend. Soon the night, the final harvest, soon the time for work shall cease. Then the souls his grace has garnered shall enjoy his Sabbath peace.